everybody for joining us for our next episode of Sharing Sweat Equity. This is Michelle, your host. We are recording from the Sun Carpets podcast recording studio at the Global MWEDC Center located at one of our partners, Epicenter. If you are looking for commercial real estate in the El Paso area, make sure to give Epicenter a call. I am super excited to be joined by one of our board of directors. She's been with the chamber for a while. Her name is Crystal Martinez. She is with State Farm, and she's going to be talking a little bit about her entrepreneurial journey, how she got started, what are some of the high points of being an entrepreneur, and definitely what are some of those low points. So for anybody who's considering starting their own business, this is going to be a great episode for you. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Crystal, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let me just start off with, did you always know that you wanted to run your own business? Were you like that little girl who was playing CEO or is this something that came up later on in life? No, it's funny because honestly, I, I always tell people, I think my clients and the families, everybody that I've met in this career, they're the ones that actually encouraged me and pushed me to open up my own um, insurance agency. But no, I I always like the news. I'm still fascinated by news. And um, I studied that. I, I went to school for that, um, studied communications, electronic media. I really like to write. So I thought, okay, I'm going to work for CNN. I'm going to write stories. And, you know, I wanted to be not an anchor, but just say lights, camera, action. <laughs> that's, that's what I studied. That's what I did. I liked it. Um, I did intern at Channel 7 for a little bit. I did it for two two summers. I think it was two summers mm-hmm. that I did that. But like I said, I, I worked in the insurance industry since I was 17. Um, little by little, my clients would just tell me, oh, you're great. And, you know, other clients would say, well, you know, why don't you just have your own agency? And, you know, I never really paid attention to it. And I think as I got closer to graduating, um, one of my mentors, he's the one that recruited me. He's mm-hmm. like, you're going to be a great agent. You need to have your own location. Um, you would do wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like, no, you know, when I graduate, <laughs> I'm going to be working at CNN. You know, I kept saying that. I'm going to write stories. I like to write yeah. stories. I like to know breaking news. And and it just kind of happened that way. And he hired me. He um, recruited me and said, you know what? I need you to do this. Look at this area. Um, he's in South Texas, and he knows my mom lives down there. So he's like, I need Latinas. I need females. I need you over here. So I did training over there. Um, he recruited me. I went down. And here we are now, <laughs> eight <laughs> years later. He, I mean, I ended up actually coming back home because when I was down there and I finished my training, I, I did get very sad i mm-hmm. i think that um being away from your family i mean i have my mom over there but still i mean my sisters are here my nephews are here my church family's here so friends are here there's just so much that you can do and since i think i wasn't opening my location in south texas i i did have a heart to heart with him and mm-hmm. i said you know what i want to go back home i miss el paso i i want to go back home and there was a lot of openings here so you know, it was bittersweet. I cried, and I think he was a little bit upset. But, you know, he understood that I wanted to come right. back home and be happy, and I, I don't regret it one bit. I, I love El Paso. It's not it's lovely to be home and serve this community, but now under my own location. So, And I think it's, like, happened. it's so good to hear those stories about 
like people who are young wanting to come back to El Paso because I know for me like I went to school outside of El Paso and when I graduated high school it was all about getting out of El Paso as far <laughs> away as I could and I think that was the same for a lot of my friends as well and slowly we've all trickled back into the city whether medical school going to grad school starting to work and starting to build families and things like that so it's always great to hear more people coming back to El Paso um, and and hopefully like decreasing that brain drain issue that yes. we have, right? So as somebody who you said your major was more in communications and you were about writing and, and about the news, did you feel like not having a lot of business classes was maybe a hindrance to you when you started your business? Did you see that as a challenge? Did it kind of make you a little nervous? So my major was uh, mass communications and I minored in business okay. because I thought okay, you know, since I am in the insurance industry and if I do, you know, do plan B, which was open up the agency, <laughs> then I should be a little bit savvy in the business side. And as I took more and more marketing classes, business management, and just went, you know, and took business classes, I really was intrigued. I thought, wow, I do this every day. This is fun. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what, I'm already 25. I need to just stop and just open up my own agency. Mm -hmm. This is enough. So I didn't end up getting my MBA. I just got my bachelor's. Um, but I think those classes were very helpful. I, I should have maybe taken more, but that's okay. I mean, I think the life of an entrepreneur, you kind of figure it out. You live it day by day and one thing comes up and then you learn this. And school can only teach you so much. Mm -hmm. And look, accounting, that was a perfect example. When I took accounting, I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing to say, but I cried. I mean, I was very lost. Mm -hmm. I did tutoring. I talked to professors, and it was terrible for me. And now, as a business owner, I mean, obviously, that's why you hire a really good CPA. You And I, that was another learning experience. I went through three CPAs until I found a really good one that understood my business and what you know my role was as an agency owner. I mean, you still figure it out every day. Some of the business classes, I think, were very helpful. And the marketing, of course, business management, those were my favorite. Yeah. So up until this point, you've been in business for a little while now. I like that you said, like, I was 25 and I was like, I just got to start my own business. I mean, it's, <laughs> it seems like you're 25. You still have plenty of time to plan. But up until this moment, what do you see as your best moment as a business owner? Is there something that stands out in your mind as like, I kind of felt like I made it at this point? Honestly, just opening up my doors and seeing my name on the door. Mm -hmm. I worked for two different agents. I worked in corporate for a little bit. I remember it to this day, April 1, 2011. I walked in and I fell to my knees and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> like, oh my God. I just couldn't believe that my name was on the door mm -hmm. and my sign was there and it was me. It's just, this is yours, Crystal, kind of <laughs> take care of it. You know, I just, I was just so grateful. I was grateful. I couldn't believe that I made it this far. And, and I'm just grateful every day still that I'm still in business eight years later. Um, because every, every day is a challenge. Every year, you know, you think you're doing great. And when I opened up April 2011, I just knew I just had to hustle. And then six months later, I'm like, am I hustling enough? And even my managers were like, you're doing great, whatever. And I'm like, are you sure? I just feel like we're not right. doing enough. And I ended up ranking top 100 in the country. Wow. And the highest rank after two years was top 20 in the country. So 
to me, all of those little accomplishments were like, yes, I did it, you know, <laughs> and even still today, though, I don't even need those awards or accolades anymore because I'm just grateful that we helped another family. I'm still in business. A lot of, unfortunately, the people that I started with and did training with um, and even friends after me, they haven't made it and they're mm-hmm. not in business anymore. And it's sad, you know, because you do mentor people too along the way and you show them that this is what you did and this is how you did it. So every day I'm just grateful to just still be in business. So you kind of mentioned like you were concerned about like, am I hustling enough? So what was that first year of business like? Because we all know like that's the crucial time. And a lot of times when I'm talking with clients, I always say it's like having a baby and that's your first year. So what is that first year of opening up your own business like? Oh, the first two years were intense. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I I did lose friends. I probably lost family members, really good, strong, that I thought family connections. Because you don't you don't go to their kids' parties on Saturday. I mean, I was closing business. I was doing car loans and doing car insurance for people that were buying a car on Saturday. <laughs> um, Sunday, I went to church and then got out of church, went back to the office, finished up paperwork. I missed a lot of things, but I don't regret it because I don't think I'd be where I w- would be right now if I didn't put in the work. I mean, I put in the work. I worked my butt off. I was there every day, all day. I remember um, because I have a lot of friends that are in the Border Patrol or Customs, ICE and all of that. And I remember having one of my friends, his shift was to go in at midnight. He would go and he would knock on my window like, I'm already going to work. Get out of here, right? Mm Because he would still see my light on and he was just worried about me. I'm like, I got, I can't leave. Like I have to do it. And and that would happen at least once or twice a week, mm-hmm. every week for the first wow. two years. And he's just like, you got to get out of here. And I would tell him, look, next time, why don't you just bring me, you know, some food some or maybe a Red Bull, you know, <laughs> yeah, just something to, you know, wake me up. But I mean, I would go all day sometimes and I wouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you. Why is my head hurt at seven o'clock? Oh yeah. I haven't eaten today. <laughs> you know, just, I was just on the go and. You know, you're managing employees, you're trying to do, I mean, it's still the same thing. I think you just get maybe better Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's stopped. It's just, it's a different level that now, okay, they're okay by their own, but you're, you're just so concerned as, you know, did we get this done? And I was so concerned as to, to even let go of this paper and like, did Mm -hmm. you call back this client? You know, I, (laughs) I had to learn to also delegate and start to let go of, because I, I wouldn't, I wanted to see everything that was going on and I did. And now I'm just, I need, I've learned that I have to be delegating stuff and just trust the process and trust that, you know, the, they're going to do the right thing. And sometimes, you know, we do, we're not perfect. We do um, fail at some things sometimes, but we fix it and we make it better. And, oh my God, the first two years I tell everybody, I mean, it's the truth. It, it is like having a baby. I was trying to take care of that baby and make that baby a little fat and just <laughs> add and add more clients because I thought this isn't enough. Like it's, I, gotta know, I would it, look I at my paycheck it. and I'm like, okay, I can only last one more year, guys. Come <laughs> on, let's sell some more. Yeah. But um, no, I, I'm just grateful that, you know what, I did put in the work. The first two years were intense. Um, and now I've been able to obviously step back a little bit more, but the first two years were... Oh, yeah, nonstop, seven days a week, 24-7. I mean, crazy. I think it's interesting that you, like, mentioned management because I think a lot of, at least from what I see from friends and family as Latinas, a lot of times what ends up happening is we're very much like we want to do it ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's like, 
I will show you how to do it, but you're not doing it right. So just let me do it because I can do it faster. So how did you kind of really force yourself to break out of that mold? And what would you describe your management style as when you first started versus now? Oh, no, I was terrible. I know I was a terrible boss. (laughs) I mean, I hope that my team now doesn't think that anymore. But I know that I I was not. And um, I've had really, really good um, employees and, and their friends still. And I tell I tell him still today, if I didn't have you my first two years, I don't think I would have made it. Like, you were my rock. You helped me. But he, I mean, I told him I know that I, I was not a good person because I was, I was micromanaging. I was mm-hmm. like, what, what are we doing here? And, you know, let me see that. And have you talked to them? And, you know, because I was just so concerned about, okay, are we going to make it? I was just with the company. You have to be certain numbers. And if you don't meet the numbers, you don't get a contract. So if you don't get a contract, you don't have a business. So I was just concerned, and I would tell them, I'm just concerned about us. Like, I need to make sure that this is getting done because there's a contract in stake, and if we don't get a contract, then that means none of us have a job, <laughs> right? So I know that I was very much like that. And mentors, and then um, I think our leadership, too, they would, they would see it, and they would say, Crystal, you are putting in too much work. You know, you have to lead the team. You know, you need to show them and then let them do it on their own. So... I think little by little, I think once I got the contract two years later, I was more, you know, lenient. I think I was more, okay, I trust you and I'm going to give you and this is yours. You know, you're owning this part of the business and then you're, you're going to own this part of it. And I think just delegating that, it's been better for me and I think it's better also for the team. And I tell them now, you know, I don't want anybody stressed out because I know I, I stress out a lot of people in the first two years. I stress myself out. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I want right now. I want everybody to come into work, you know, like it's fun, you know, we're helping people and, you know, you're doing this and I'm doing that. And, you know, it's a team effort and it's teamwork. And I say that all the time now, it's, it's, it's team guys. If we don't do it as a team, then we're not going to get anything done. So let's just own our part of the, of the team. Like you're going to do this and I delegate now and I think it's better that way because I don't feel like I'm stressed out and I know that they are not feeling as stressed out anymore because, right. yeah, in the past, I mean, I've had really, really good people um, and, and they just ran with it, which was great. But now I just think that if we take little pieces and say, okay, one person's going to do this and maybe two people are going to do this, retention, acquisition, you know, just setting it up differently, I think that that's helpful for all of yeah. us. So... Now that you've got your team in place and you're a little bit more hands-off. <laughs> yes, I am very hands-off. <laughs> a lot of times people ask, like, is there such a thing? And I think even, like, in corporate world, like, working for a business owner or an organization, you ask, is there such a thing as work-life balance? So have you been able to achieve some kind of work-life balance? And how do you go about making sure that you're taking time for yourself? Because like you said, stress can really it can really weigh on you and yes. I mean they say that stress can kill you for a reason no they can I mean it's terrible stress is terrible terrible I think for me life balance or work-life balance is okay setting time for me what do I like to do what makes me happy well what makes me happy is spending time with family what makes me happy is traveling um, I do a trip with my mom once a year that's super important to me where I'm able to treat my mom and me and her just hang out and have mom-daughter time. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it's more, okay, I'm going to work this hard because I'm going to be able to do this for myself. I'm going to be able to do this for my family. I think it was in my third or fourth year that the company awarded me with the trip, and they said, you can choose Hawaii or you can choose Disney. 
and I had promised my nephews, like, we're going to go right. to Disney. Because dad, their dad had taken them to Disneyland, but I said, no, we're going to Disney World. This is in Florida. It's, it's very Whole different. Whole different, different, different experience. <laughs> so um, everybody's like, you're crazy. You're not going to go to Hawaii. I still haven't gone to Hawaii. I'm like, okay, I'll go when I go, you know? <laughs> but I, I promised them. I'm like, guys, one of these trips that where they tell me, you know, if you can choose, I'm going to choose Disney. That way we can all go. So it was really, it was really fun. It was my mom, my sister, my nephews. We had a great time. I mean, I got a little bit of anxiety just because there's a lot of kids and I'm like, <laughs> where, are the, where are my nephews? Where did they go? But, you know, overall it was amazing. Mm-hmm. They had so much fun. So that to me, I think it's the best part. Um, as long as I can spend time with the people that I love, that are my friends, that are my family, or even chosen family, it, it's a blessing and I love it. And I'll work even harder just so I can go, come back and do that again. Okay, what are we going to do this summer? Or last year we went to a Golden State game because my nephew wanted to go watch them play in San Francisco. <laughs> I said, yeah, let's go, you know, and I, I think that's the the biggest reward that if you're going to work hard it's because you know you're you're wanting to treat your family or I'm wanting to treat you know my nephews and hang out with them and and that's fun for me maybe next time it can be like Disney Resort in Hawaii right (laughs) you can try that next time no they've already gone to Hawaii they They, have yeah my sister I just couldn't go because of work right Right? (laughs) so we we try to coordinate we're we're like okay what's gonna work it's gonna be spring break Uh it's gonna be summer so we try to coordinate but it it gets hard because their schedules are changing and then my sister's schedule is different too but we just always for sure try to coordinate one time that we're like let's do it (laughs) so Tell us a little bit about what do you think, like, if you're looking back on your business experience, what is kind of one of the failures that you feel like you had? And what what did you do to actually overcome that failure? I think, I mean, I've learned so many different things, but I think for me, helping the customers, the business, I've been doing insurance all my life. This is my 20th year in the industry. So for me, it was very easy just to keep helping clients, but now it's under me. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest um, learning curve, and it still is, is the business acumen a bit about it. So even signing the contract of my lease agreement, right. I didn't know any of that. I mean... I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to sign here. And I've, I mean, honestly, I, I can tell you everything about insurance. I can show you different policies on life insurance, all the coverages on your car insurance. I, I feel very confident on all of that, seeing those type of contracts. But just the business side of it, I have no idea. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I'm, I guess I'm going to sign here. Little did you know, there's a non-compete that should be included because I opened up April 2011th by January two doors down, my landlord had leased another insurance company competitor, right? And then, I don't know, maybe two or three years later after that, I have another insurance carrier competitor right in front of me. You know, you live and you learn and those kind of things. I mean, I'm not saying that it's hurt my business. Maybe it's even bettered my business, but who wants that type of competition? Again, you learn non-compete. Little things like that, um, the taxes, Mm -hmm. right? Just business side of it. I'm still learning and I'm just grateful from, again, mentors, talking to other State Farm agents. I have study groups now that I'm not only just Texas study groups, but nationwide where we kind of talk to each other and help each other out, whether it's team, holding your team accountable, making your business profitable. I still continue to learn that. I mean, every single year I do still um, self-development, whether it's going out out of town 
or again, doing conference calls with other agents um, that are profitable, I, I try to network and, and learn from them so that I can implement it in my business. Yeah. What do you see as the biggest challenges for the next generation, specifically of female business owners? Because I think when you talk about starting your business, there's the general problems that everybody has. But of course, as women, as minority women, I think we face some additional challenges. So what do you see are those challenges for the next generation wanting to start their business? I think you're double whammy here, right? Where mm -hmm. I felt like I'm always double whammy. One, you're female. It's a man's world. Mm -hmm. I mean, most businesses, I mean, that at least business owners that I talk to, they're male. When I'm talking to clients, business owners, or families, I, I feel like I'm double whammy. I'm one, I'm a female, I'm not a male, so I can't have that man-to-man -man talk, I guess. You know, I feel always that maybe sometimes they don't take me serious, mm -hmm. maybe they don't when I just opened, I would do a lot of events. I had so many people come up to me and just say, oh, your dad opened up this business for you. Oh, your dad gave you money to open. Thinking, You're like mm -hmm. the name is Crystal. That's not I'm my like, dad's no. name. <laughs> I know, but I, I mean, Martinez, that is my dad's last mm -hmm. name, but no, he didn't help me. No, like neither did my mom. Mm -hmm. Second whammy, I mean, you're, you're Latina, right? I mean, that's, completely different when you're talking to other um, business owners because it's like you're female and you're Latina. It's like, yeah, it, it's not very common. And I think just for me, it, it actually still fires me up. It fuels me up because I want to continue to prove, you know, society, you know, quote unquote, our community that you know what, females can make it happen. Um, Latinas can be educating themselves and, and running their own businesses. I come across so many other families too that I'm thinking, wow, I mean, I still have a lot to learn and grow because I'll meet families that are, I mean, they're, they're single moms, mm -hmm. they're running businesses, they're married, they're running businesses. I mean, with children, I'm thinking, how do these females, I mean, <laughs> the females, I mean, you're fierce, they're, they're, they can do so many things. Mm -hmm. And I, I always tell people, I don't have that superpower yet. I don't have children of my own, but I have mentored and, and hired a lot of team members. Yeah. So <laughs> hiring and firing, yeah, I, I think I got that. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the next generation of females, it should feel them, feel themselves up, even if they, because you get, you get those looks, you get those you know, mm -hmm. it, it does happen, you know that. And even one of my mentors at State Farm before she retired, she told me, this is how you have to dress. This is how you have to do your makeup. This is what you wear. She was just looking out for me. I never took offense to it. I mean, she bought me my first suit. Mm -hmm. She took me to buy a suit and she said, this is the colors that you wear. If you wanna be taken serious, if you want, you know, men, and if you want clients to take you serious, this is basically how you have to carry yourself. And I would see her and I mean, Everywhere and anywhere that she went, she was probably the only female Latina in management in Texas at the time before she retired. Because wow. there was another lady that they hired after all after her. But I mean, it, it's rare even to see it in corporate America and more mm -hmm. so having your own business and then you're Latina and then you're female. Um, but for me, it just fuels me up. And it was very rewarding when they were signing up for insurance. And then I would <laughs> tell them, no, my dad didn't give me the money to open up, but thank you for getting insurance. With me. I appreciate it. 
you yeah. know, it, it it made me even happier. And I always say, Jesus, you know what? It's for your glory, for your praise. Because honestly, for me, it just, it gets me pumped up. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I guess I needed to have, you know, a family <laughs> business or somebody in the family give me money. And I'm like, no. no. And I would tell them, the, and I tell them the story still. I'm like, no, my mom's actually from Mexico. She never finished mm-hmm. um, high school. She had to get her GED. My dad is military. They were married for 10 years. It didn't work out. Um, my mom raised me, single mom, three girls. I mean, I just learned how to work, sir. And I, I tell families all the time, I just learned how to work. My mom worked and worked. And we worked Saturdays. We worked Sundays. We sold at the flea market. Um, we would sell plates of food on Saturdays sometimes. So to me, that's all I know how to do is work because I saw my mama hustle. So then I hustle. And that's just what we do. We work. I love that it's like being <laughs> underestimated yes. empowers you because I feel the same way. Like if I walk into a room of people who are underestimating me, it gives you that boost to like go that extra mile Confidence. to prove them wrong. Yes. To prove them wrong because you're like, I can do this and I know that I can do this. And, and so I love that you feel that same way. So if you could spend one day shadowing someone in their business, who would you pick and why? If I can shadow somebody... You see, in my industry, um, I always try to talk to, we call it the top 50 in the company president's mm-hmm. club. Um, I still have yet to get that award. I haven't given up, but I would love to just spend one week in their office for just morning. Like if I'm working mm-hmm. with them and I would work for free, I would just be there and just shadow their team, shadow the agent owner. I just think in that level, it has to be a different level than where I'm at. And what is it that I'm lacking so I can be there? Because that's pretty awesome, I think, to be recognized as top 50 in one area. And there's even other agents that they're top 50 in two or three areas because you can Mm -hmm. be really, really good at auto insurance. You can be really, really good at home insurance. You can be really, really good at life insurance. Um, And there's different agents that they're really good at three or four of those. And I'm thinking, wow, I just want to get really, really good at (laughs) one of them. But... There's just, it's a great company. It's a great organization. And the nice thing is that I think the agents and the group, the camaraderie is so nice that they are willing to share. But again, it's just taking the time and getting out of the office and saying, okay, this is going to be my, you know, one week university, my (laughs) college crash course for one week. I mean, that would be kind of cool, I think, to shadow the top 50 and it would have to definitely be um a female right i don't know if if the latina thing would be nice mm-hmm. um but you see that's another thing when i see the awards and i see that there isn't a, a female there yet well you're gonna be the first latina <laughs> i'm sure it's <laughs> happened in the that. past but i just haven't seen her mm-hmm. yet um so that'd be kind of cool too yeah to shadow one of them so what we're going to do right now before we get to our last kind of wrap-up question is like a lightning round. So if anybody has ever seen Inside the Actor Studio, I kind of stole the idea from that. <laughs> um, so we're just going to go through a couple of quick questions about you personally. And so we're going to start off with what is your daily routine like as a business owner? So my daily routine, I live off of Outlook. Um, I actually start the night before. So before I go to bed, I have to look at my calendar so that I can mentally prepare myself that tomorrow I got to wake up at this time. I got to do this. I got to do that before, you know, or after, after my alarm sounds, that's the first thing I do is I read my devotional. I thank Jesus for the day and I ask him to just plan the day and everything go as outlook says but <laughs> if it doesn't for him to just you know help me throughout the rest of the day but usually i, I um i head to the office i start checking email uh, respond to clients i do email um 
I meet with my employees. I start seeing clients one-to-one or over the phone. Uh, when I get out of work is usually when I go to the gym. Um, that kind of gives me my stress relief for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, let it out, whatever, work out 30 minutes, get home, make some food if I didn't grab something on my way home, and then again, start the next day prep. Look at my calendar, look for the next day of what it looks like. So are you one of those, like, 4 o'clock in the morning people? Because <laughs> you said you go to the gym in the afternoon, I which do makes in the you afternoon. feel better because... Everybody's like, no, you've got to go first thing in the morning. And I I'm like, try I to can't. Go. I can't do I it. I tried it. I want to be like those people. Mm-hmm. I Believe me, I want to be like those people. And I tried it. I did it. I've done it twice where, you know, if you do it for 21 days, you create the mm-hmm. habit. I did it for three weeks. And honestly, it ruined my day. Really? It ruined my day. I was waking up super early, working out at 5 in the morning or 530. It ruined my day because by 12, I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. For me, I need all of this like mentally email respond everything and then by noon I'm awake and I'm ready to go and I'm meeting more clients around 10 o'clock 11 o'clock because that's when I'm more awake but the working out in the morning totally killed me and doing it in the afternoon for me was way better because I relieve the stress I'm I'm working out I'm yelling and screaming and yeah you know the trainers Mm -hmm. are yelling at you (laughs) and then I get home I shower and it just it's a better rest for me my Mm -hmm. body just rests better It, it, it it works for me that way so if you take one thing from this podcast, it's that you can be a successful business owner without going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know everybody makes funny of like it works for me works. the afternoon. Whatever is way works better. for you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the morning person. I just I know it doesn't work. It it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so next question, who do you consider a role model? Role model, I know it's cliche, but honestly it's my mom. That lady is my my everything my rock i mean the strength that she has is incredible i mean she lost her mama when she was 17 Mm -hmm. and raised her little sister my aunt was five years old you know she raised her with us you know i just think it's crazy that you know she tried to make her marriage work you know worked at it 10 years and it unfortunately didn't happen so she just wasn't afraid to lose everything right we had our house we had stability and she literally started at zero mm-hmm. and with three girls and she had to build her credit, you know, she bought her own house. And I just think that she's amazing. And it took me to, op- I had to open up a business in order to make more money than my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my mom is a hustler. I mean, yeah. she, she made it work. How did she still take us on vacation once a year? How did we not, I never felt hungry. I know I never felt poor. I know that we didn't live in the best area. We were living in a mobile home, but I never felt poor. I never felt hungry. You know, I I just think she went through some stuff. I mean, everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, financial, love. It's just, to me, I think she's amazing. And I, would, I got my degree and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make more money. And I still couldn't make more money than my mom. And I told her, look, I guess I'm going to have to open up a business <laughs> for me to make more money than you because... I mean, she just worked, 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 and I think she's incredible, and and I admire her strength mentally, her faith, um, and she's just so disciplined. She's a very disciplined woman, and I I want to be half as good as she is because I still don't have kids, but I don't don't know how I'm going to make it. I hope that I'm half as good as she is. (laughs) So next question, is there a saying or a quote that inspires you or is there something that your mom used to tell you all the time that has stuck with you? Oh, she just was very 
I tell everybody, I feel like my dad was army, so we were super disciplined, and my mom practically was Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I know how to do. It's like, okay, work, okay, what do I do? Um, but I think as I started my insurance career and my mentor that kept, you know, instilling in me, you have to, you know, just consider it, open up your own, you're great at it. And I think once you open up your own, you're going to, you're going to just do so well. I know you, you, you don't see it, but you're going to do so well. And he would always tell me, shoot for the moon. And even, you know, if you don't make it to the moon, you're going to land on the stars. So he was always saying like, dream big, do big things. And it's worked thank god it's worked it's true like i just keep thinking it's not enough it's not enough i never feel um satisfied i always give myself like a new goal a new a new i guess standard every Mm -hmm. year every day really that okay what are we going to do next okay we already hit that what are we going to do next to be better and just keep dreaming big and and never giving up i think that that was his quote that he would tell me so i've always used it and have it in the back of my mind all the time so final lightning round question. What is your favorite song when you need to get pumped up? When you're like, I've got to go in there, this client, you know, they're not going to take me seriously and I got to pump myself up. So what like artist or what song do you listen to? Like for me right now, anything by Lizzo, I'm like ready to go. I'm busting down the door. And sometimes it's Queen or some Led Zeppelin for me. But what is what is your artist or song? Oh God, I I like a lot of the gangster rap. It's so weird, but that's what gets me pumped up. Even at the gym, right. they'll they'll say, "What do you guys want to listen to?" And I'm like, "Gangster." I just like just <laughs> rap music, just you know whatever. I just I don't I don't listen to it all the time. But if I want to get bump, pumped up, especially the gym, it's gangster. And then mm-hmm. if I'm driving in my car and like you said, I have a big appointment or. I'm thinking, okay, I got to get excited. I do listen to Drake. It started from the bottom. There we go. (laughs) I like that song. I think that was a good one. I think I'm going to add that to my, like, I have a playlist on Spotify that's, like, get pumped up. And I'm like, okay. So I'm going to add that one to my playlist. That's good. That's great. So let's just wrap up. Um, We talked a little bit about your experience and everything. You gave us some quote, a quote and some words that inspired you. So what would be your words of wisdom to the next generation of Latina entrepreneurs? Um, I would tell you, girl, you're never going to be ready. Just just do it. Just throw yourself out there. Of course, prepare, plan, um, save, save, save. I think because I've stuck to my budget and I've saved and I'm a huge, huge saver. I think that too has helped me be better in business because there is going to be bad years. There's going to be bad months. So I've, my mind thinks that way insurance this is my insurance i have to plan financially i never want it to be where i don't have money to pay my employees or i have to get rid of people because i don't have money for that so if anything just plan um budget but but don't be scared and if it's scary that's okay that just means that you're gonna work that much harder for it and if you're betting on yourself how how and why would you fail because I keep telling that to myself as long as I have health Jesus as long as I have my faith I mean why would I fail there's no option I would tell that to myself too you know there is there is no plan B there is no I can't fail there's no way that I can fail so I have nothing to lose and everything to gain and thank the Lord um, it's been that because I would tell the next person just just do it don't wait I, I feel that I waited 
And it's okay, too, because I think life experience, maybe I wasn't ready and everything mm-hmm. happens for a reason, like they say. But I thought, man, I should have started when I was 25. I waited a little bit longer, but I, I think it's okay because if you're scared, that means that it's worth it. That means that you're going to work that much harder and just honestly just do it. Just jump on it. Work really hard. Um, love what you do. If, if you love people and if you love taking care of people, whatever it is that you're in in your industry, you're going to do it so well that, of course, you're going to grow your business. Of course, you're going to be successful because you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think that's what I've told my team. That's what I've told myself, that I never want to be greedy. I never want to be malicious in any way. If anything, I feel this is my platform to help people and educate people. And I think that's what's, thank God, been successful because I think our heart is always looking out for the families. I tell my team all the time, think about it like you're helping your tia, like you're helping your tío. This is your grandpa. This is your grandma. You're going to look out for them, right? This is exactly how we want to treat people. And if this is a platform that allows us to do it, then let's just be great at it. And I, I would never do anything to harm my family and harm um, friends. So if you're going to do whatever type of business, do it that way. Do it like you're doing a service because we are we're serving other people and that's what we were I think put in this planet for is everybody has a gift and if you share your gift with enough people then you'll be super blessed all right well thank you so much for taking some time out of your like super busy schedule to come and do this interview we also of course want to thank our partner epicenter if you are looking for commercial real estate in the El Paso area make sure to give epicenter a call this is Michelle we are Signing off from the Sun Carpets podcast recording studio from the Global MWEDC Center. Make sure to subscribe to Sharing Your Sweat Equity, a business podcast to make sure that you don't miss our next episode. Thank you guys and we will hear from you next time.